when weakness can become a strength. Have you ever felt inadequate to a task you've been assigned or a job you've been given? Do you sometimes feel that other people have too high an estimate of your abilities? Has there been a moment when you felt like a faker, a fraud, and that at some time you'd be found out and discovered to be the weak, fallible, imperfect human being you know in your heart you are? If so, according to Rashi on this week's parasha, you are in very good company indeed. Here is the setting. The Mishkan, the sanctuary, was finally complete. For seven days, Moses had consecrated Aaron and his sons to serve as priests. Now that time had come for them to begin their service, Moses gives them instructions, and then he says the following words to Aaron, Come near to the altar and offer your sin offering and your burnt offering and make atonement for yourself and the people. Sacrifice the offering that's for the people and make atonement for them as the Lord has commanded. The sages were puzzled by that instruction, come near. This seems to imply that Aaron until then had kept a distance from the altar. Why so? Rashi gives the following explanation. He says Aaron was ashamed and fearful of approaching the altar. So Moses said to him, why are you ashamed? It was for this that you were chosen. There is a name for this syndrome. Coined in 1978 by two clinical psychologists, Pauline Klantz and Suzanne Imes, they called it the imposter syndrome. People who suffer from it feel that they don't deserve the success they have achieved. They attribute it not to their effort and ability, but to luck or timing, or to the fact that they've deceived others into thinking they're better than they actually are. It turns out to be surprisingly widespread, and particularly so among high achievers. Research has shown that around 40% of successful people don't believe that they deserve their success, and that as many as 70% have felt this way at some time or other. However, as you can imagine, Rashi is telling us something deeper. Aaron wasn't just somebody lacking in self-confidence. There was something specific that he must have had in mind on that day that he was inducted into the role of high priest. For Aaron, don't forget, had been left in charge of the people while Moses was up the mountain receiving the Torah. And that was when the sin of the golden calf had taken place. Reading that narrative, it's hard to avoid the conclusion that it was Aaron's weakness that allowed it to happen. He suggested that the people give him their gold ornaments. He fashioned them into a calf. He built an altar before it. And when Moses saw the golden calf and challenged Aaron, what did these people do to you that you brought on them this great sin? He replied evasively, they gave me the gold, I threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. This was a man profoundly and rightly uncomfortable with his role in one of the most disastrous episodes in the Torah. And now he was being called on to atone, not only for himself, but for the entire people, wasn't this hypocrisy? Wasn't he himself a sinner? 
How could he stand before God and the people and assume the role of the holiest of men? No wonder he felt like an imposter and was ashamed and fearful of approaching the altar. Now, Moses didn't say something that would just boost his self-confidence. He said something much more radical and life-changing. He said, it is for this that you were chosen. The task of a high priest is to atone for people's sins. It was his role on Yom Kippur to confess his wrongs and failings, then those of his household, then those of the people as a whole. It was his responsibility to plead for forgiveness. That, implied Moses, is why you were chosen. You know what sin is like. You know what it is to feel guilt. You, more than anyone else, understand the need for repentance and atonement. You have felt the cry of your soul to be cleansed, purified, and wiped free of the stain of transgression. What you think of as your biggest weakness will become, in this role you are about to assume, your greatest strength. How did Moses know this? Because he had experienced something quite similar himself. You remember when God told him at the burning bush that he should confront Pharaoh and lead the Israelites to freedom, he kept saying, I can't do it. Reread his response to God's call to leave the Israelites and they sound like somebody radically convinced of his inadequacies. Moses says, God, me anochi, who am I? They won't believe in me. Above all, he kept saying that he couldn't speak before a crowd. Something absolutely necessary in a leader. I'm not an orator. He didn't have the voice of command. Moses had a speech defect. To him, that was a supreme disqualification from being a mouthpiece for the divine word. What he did, he did not yet understand is that this is one of the reasons God chose him. When Moses spoke the words of God, people knew he was not speaking his own words in his own voice. Someone else was speaking through him. This seems to have been the case for Isaiah and Jeremiah also, both of whom said, I can't speak, and both of whom became among the most eloquent prophets of all time. People who can sway crowds with their oratory are generally speaking not prophets. They become dictators and tyrants. They use their power of speech to acquire dangerous forms of power. God doesn't choose people who speak with their own voice, telling crowds what they want to hear. He chooses people who are fully aware of their inadequacies, people who stammer literally or metaphorically, who speak not because they want to, but because they have to, and who tell people what they don't want to hear, but what they must hear if they are to save themselves from catastrophe. What Moses thought was his greatest weakness was, in fact, one of his greatest strengths. The point here is not a simple, I'm okay, you're okay, acceptance of weakness. That's not what Judaism is about. The point is the struggle.
Moses and Aaron, in their different ways, had to wrestle with themselves. Moses wasn't a natural leader. Aaron was not a natural priest. Moses had to accept that one of his most important qualifications was what we would nowadays call his low self-image. But what, operating in a different mindset altogether, the Torah calls his humility. Aaron had to understand that his own experience of sin and failure made him the ideal representative of a people conscious of their own sin and failure. Feelings of inadequacy, the imposter syndrome, can be bad news or good news depending on what you do with them. Do they lead you to depression and despair? Or do they lead you to work at your weaknesses and turn them into strengths? The key, according to Rashi, in this week's parasha is the role Moses played at this critical juncture in Aaron's life. He had faith in Aaron, even when Aaron lacked faith in himself. That is the role God himself played more than once in Moses' life. And that is the role God plays in all our lives, if we're truly open to him. I've often said that the mystery at the heart of Judaism is not our faith in God, it's his faith in us. This then is the life-changing idea. What we think of as our greatest weakness can become if we wrestle with it our greatest strength. Think of those who suffered tragedy and then devoted their lives to alleviating the suffering of others. Think of those who, conscious of their failings, use that consciousness to help others overcome their own sense of failure. What makes Tanakh so special is its total candour about humanity. Its heroes, Moses, Aaron, Isaiah, Jeremiah, all knew times when they felt like failures, imposters. They had their moments of dark despair, but they kept going. They refused to be defeated. They knew that a sense of inadequacy can bring us closer to God. As King David said, my sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. Better by far to know you are imperfect than to believe you're perfect. God loves us and believes in us despite and sometimes because of our imperfections. Our weaknesses make us human. Wrestling with them makes us strong. Shabbat Shalom.